Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, prepare yourself to say, wow, because this episode of the JKWD podcast is something special. We have with us today Awilda Rivera. She is, we'll call her a success coach. How's that? Because it really does no good at all. Um, <laughs> it does some good, but but it really doesn't describe all of what she does. Um, but she's got a much more succinct version of that than we ever had. And yeah, we'll we'll go do the show. Kelvin, how you doing? Hi, Josh. I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. I'm 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 doing good. I got nothing to complain about, and and life is uh, is all right. All right. I wow. Like I like that. I got plenty to complain about, but I won't bother because you know what? It doesn't do me any good. Ah, I don't think I remember it long enough to complain about it. <laughs> with you? you know, whatever it is. Uh, you know, life's going sweet. I'm I'm excited about this week's podcast. Yeah, it's awesome. It is. I'm I'm using your words. I'm using words like awesome and wow. Yeah, that's usually that's kinda, those are usually Kelvinisms. That, yeah, I was gonna say that's kind of scary. Like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but she had she had a ton of energy, um, and she she was so. Um, oh man, succinct. I, I I don't even know how you how you say it, but. That part out. She was so amazing, uh, and I've rarely uh, talked to anyone who could be that precise with language and and just and still be interesting, right? Normally, yeah. Yeah, otherwise, it usually just comes out one word answers, and it just wasn't real life people. Wasn't yeah. with her, yeah. So, so I'm excited. I'm, I'm I'm probably gonna listen to this one over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. Anytime you need a little, anytime you need a little fuel, this will be a good one. Yeah, I swear. As a, we may have to put this in the uh, in the top in the top ten. Okay, well. Put them in the top five for right now. Yeah. On 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 a podcast and uh, you know drive people to it incessantly. Awesome person. Awesome person. So true story. We're brought to you today by Audible. If you want a free audiobook, a free month at Audible, and Wilda talks about learning, and this is a great way to keep learning. So uh, so so do this. Go over to audibletrial.com/jkwd and and start learning with a free audiobook. Uh, something. Like, um, I don't know, The Brain's Way of Healing by Norman Doidge, M.D. Remarkable discoveries and recoveries from the frontiers of neuroplasticity. This revolutionary new book shows for the first time how the amazing process of neuroplastic healing really works. Describes natural non-invasive avenues into the brain provided by the forms of energy around us. I think this is... Go well with this uh, episode too. And when you purchase this title, which again you could do for free if you went to JKWD Podcast or sorry, audibletrial.com slash JKWD Podcast, you can go to jkwdpodcast.com and click on the show notes. There would be a link to audibletrial.com slash JKWD. 
but when you purchase this title, the accompanying reference material is also available in your library. So you can you can download not only this book for free, but also all the reference material. Kevin, wow. you got a book? That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I will also talked about peace of mind in her in her podcast. So I'm picking this book called Fearless. The Seven Principles of Peace of Mind by Brenda Shoshana. Fear can ruin relationships, harm careers, and destroy peace of mind. It holds us hostage to pain. But Dr. Brenda Shoshana has the techniques to set us free. I like that. So, Fearless, the Seven Principles of, of Peace of Mind. Hey. JK, or audiblechild.com slash jkwd for your free audiobook, your free month at Audible. And uh, let's go ahead and roll this on over into our discussion with Awilda. Hello, Awilda. Oh, welcome. Uh, we're going to do what we usually do here and say, hey, why don't you introduce yourself because you're going to do it so much better than we do. Tell everybody who you are and what you do. Hi, guys. Well, my name is Awilda Rivera. I am a success coach, yogi, and spiritual advisor who has really dedicated my life to using my gifts to help others achieve not only their potential, but find the success that they really desire. Ah, you've got that down pretty good. That was was a (laughs) sink. You need to be more babbly than that. I mean, draw that sucker out, you know. So what does that mean? So what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot in there. So um, my my brand, WilderRivera.com, is a personal and professional development brand. And what that basically is a fancy way of saying that I'm a helper. I've always wanted to help people ever since my first job as an advisor. Um, for a nonprofit that I was an alumni of at the age of 14, I've been acting in an advisory or uh, consulting, coaching capacity all the way throughout even college and law school. Um, so what I do as a success coach is take the wonderful success conversion method and help people drill down on what exactly it is that they are trying to do. Like, uh, for example, I have one client who is in the legal field. Um, and was looking to transition locations and just find more of life balance. We got really clear on exactly what she determined life balance to be, exactly where she wanted to be, what she wanted to do. And within about six months, she had moved from the Caribbean back to D.C., working at an NGO, met a guy, got proposed to, et cetera. The rest is I'm going to the wedding in June. Um, Sweet. And other, you know, and other ways professionals for example that are looking to build their business it may be about launching a new product or um, going into the next phase so there's many entrepreneurs I work with who are semi-established who are looking to really dig into a particular niche or um, become more known or um, respected in a particular area so we put together a strategy around that Um, so that's basically then the in a nutshell what success coaching is all about um the spiritual advisement is really about helping people find whatever their deeper connection is in a non-religious way so whatever that means to them i do have a shamanic background 
genetically, culturally that I utilize to help people with that. Um, and then I'm a certified yoga teacher. So I lead international wellness retreats, again, to help people explore transformation through the physical aspects, through meditation and connecting with themselves. Just trying to help. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do you um, do you lead some of those classes out of a studio? Do you um, yeah online? Or? Yeah, I um I have right now four public classes that I offer at three different studios here in Atlanta, where I'm currently residing. And on my wellness retreats, I offer yoga. So I just did one to Cuba in October. I'm doing one this April, April 21st to 26th to Barbados. Um, and I do post a lot of writings about yoga on the web. I've been a two-year or maybe almost three-year now um, monthly columnist for a magazine called Aquarius that is online and in hard copy in the southeastern region called Under the Bodhi Tree. And it's really a column where I help people to explore and understand the yoga with capital Y, which is um, the philosophy, the tenets, um, the ways you can take it off the mat bigger than just the poses that you've seen now popularized by social media, TV, Hollywood. Could this I have be to take a look at that magazine. Finger, uh, I'm in your region. Thing. <laughs> that, that popularized pose, that'd be the, you know, finger to finger. I've, I've looked at that going, my knees are complaining. <laughs> I haven't even started that. <laughs> But anyway, so I, my my question is this, because I'll tell you, I'm looking at your website, I'm looking at your, your images, and I'm looking at you, and I, I read your bio, and I understand that you uh, have been to law school and, and, and all that nifty stuff, so my, I'm thinking that you started at six, so, <laughs> and, and right now, in your, you know, 14th year, you're doing like a <laughs> the world, um, so... You know, tell us about that. Well, obviously you didn't start it. So did you? <laughs> no, no. I'm actually, um, and I only know this because I am doing like a gratitude exercise leading up to my birthday, but I'm actually 20 days out of my 34th birthday. Mm -hmm. um, so didn't quite start at six, but um, we'll definitely credit a lot of my kind of hustle spirit mm -hmm. to growing up around hustlers. Um, and for those of you listening who are kind of like, does that mean like a gangbanger? No, it, it's a it's a colloquial term for sort of an urban entrepreneur who just is able to make money on the side doing anything um, in addition to whatever their job is. Uh, both of my parents growing up had a strong entrepreneurial spirit and had a lot of side hustles, as we call them. Mm -hmm. um, and I just grew up seeing that. Um, in terms of, you know, going to law school, I'm a child, admittedly, of the Cosby generation. Um, and um, being a person of color as well, so that thought that was an incredible example and just wanted to emulate what I saw. And being the first person in my family to graduate from college, mm -hmm. right, I didn't have a lot to necessarily model myself after in the academic or corporate sense. And even though I admired my parents' hustle, I, didn't, I knew that I didn't necessarily want to just have all these different hustles or like 
have a job that I then also had to have another job that I liked more doing. Um, and I thought that I would really love being a lawyer. Uh, while I love being a student, I learned pretty quickly that I didn't love practicing law or other people that practice law. Um, <laughs> and, and, I, and, I, and I say that, you know, sort of tongue in cheek because I still have a lot of friends that are lawyers mm-hmm. um, that I love, but they are uh, the exception, I think, um, and not the rule. And so I also decided I wanted to be a certain kind of person. And if I let myself be a lawyer, I wasn't going to be that kind of person. I was going to be a more, uh, a darker version of myself, Um, (laughs) although I'd be very good at it. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily what I want to spend my energy doing. And so after having a mild heart attack at the age of 27, um, clerking as a law, as a clerking for a judge, um, and I spent a night in Jersey City Medical Center in the cardiac wing with the EKG thing, like really looking pitiful, seriously. Um, I was like, probably I shouldn't be doing this, um, which led me to really reconnect and say, what is it that I really want to do? Why did I want to do this in the first place? Okay, I want to help people. What skills do I have that I can use to actually help people? And that's how I, uh, I started the journey to doing what I'm currently doing. It seems like you started that journey pretty quick. If you're just uh, if that happened at 27 and you're still on your way to 34, coming right up, um, you've you've done a lot of. I don't want to say it's a 180, but you've done a lot of uh, different directions from where you started. You've uh, you've wandered a few different paths. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think you know one thing that I feel fortunate for is the ability to find paths that all interconnect in an organic way. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, to use a term that I really don't like, but is just a, a term, you know, millennials, we have a, you know, we're multifaceted, passionate people. And I think a lot of the struggle sometimes is finding a way that we can honor all those passions and make money, but also not have like five different businesses that are completely separate. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm, so I'm a millennial at heart. I said I'm a I'm a millennial at heart, but that's as far as <laughs> <laughs> you know. To the millennials, I'm just another old guy who who has a good time. So tell us how, if you don't mind, um, how that journey to find you basically is what you're just telling me about. How that affects uh, your practice, or how that fuels your practice. Yeah, well, I mean, the wonderful thing is like everything that I do is also to help people find them, right? So the success coaching, even though, yes, I'm keeping you accountable. Yes, I'm keeping it real with you and saying like, hey, you want to be an engineer? Great. Do you have any skills? Okay, because maybe you need to go out and get some. And how do we need to do that? You know, I'm not coddling them, but in, in that respect, in yoga, helping people really connect with themselves first and foremost, and then their environment spiritual advisement, helping them remember that they are divine. It's all about also helping them find them. And so I think that's, that's how it affects it. You know, I have to, you know, to use a cheesy, somewhat dated reference, like I'm like the hair club for men president. Like I'm not just a president. I'm also a member. Like I 
I have an accountability partner. Like I practice yoga three or four times a week because I, it makes me a better person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, travel because I know it's transformative experiences. I coach myself. I go to therapy. You know what I'm saying? Like I live it. I don't just tell people, Hey, you should do this and pay me to help you. You know, like I live it too. Yeah. And Josh, you asked if I lived I, in Atlanta. I asked, I asked if you grew up there. Yeah. You no, I, I didn't. I grew up in New York. Uh, okay. In some saying, of sound, you sound a little more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I grew up in in what uh, a pretty famous one hit wonder author by the name of Piri Thomas would refer to as the Mean Streets. Um, I grew up in Spanish Harlem. I grew up in Brownsville, Brooklyn, um, and some of the at the time more gritty neighborhoods of New York city that now, you know, they look completely different. Um, and good for them, I say good for the neighborhood. So how did, how did you come by Atlanta? Well, um, (laughs) I'll keep it succinct because it's one of those stories, but essentially a childhood friend of mine that was in an academic enrichment program with me, Mm -hmm. uh, called prep for prep out of New York ended up here, uh, going to Emory and later on in our lives, we became romantic, and he is very charming and very convincing and got me to come down here. And luckily, we're still together, so I don't regret it at all. Um, <laughs> Good to know. And, uh, and that's how I got down here. That's how okay, I got great. down I mean, here. It's a, it's a great city. I, I, I enjoy it. Um, it. It really has um, we settled developed on a lot. Instead, but, you know, oh, really? Where, what coast yeah, are you guys on? I'm, on, I'm in Savannah. Oh, nice. And I grew up in Massachusetts, so I made that same kind of northeast. To, I went to boarding school in Concord. Okay. I, I'm from the other side of the state, from Springfield. Yeah, yeah. I'm an anomaly. That's my, <laughs> that's my job. Where are you I, from? I actually, uh, I was born in Cambridge, Maryland. I stayed there until I was, oh, what did we do? Oh, we started moving at 10. My father was a, a minister, so we started moving around the place. Um, got out of that, joined the Air Force at 17. I through a number of crazy moves, um, I ended up in Syracuse, New York in 1992, where I still reside after doing 20 years in the Air Force and then ended up ended up out here. So um, my thing, I, 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 I like where you're coming from because my thing is I've wanted to help. I've been helping people since I was in high school. You know, so but, you know, being a guy, being a nice guy to talk to and 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 that kind of thing uh, eventually it, it it leads to what has led to more in 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 my case but so i've been here since 92 and i moved here from because i retired from the air force in sacramento california and i came here anyway so people look at me like what's wrong with you <laughs> why did you leave california and come to and come to syracuse oh syracuse anyway <laughs> Good. So um, that's where we are. So, I mean, tell me, tell me how you, well, you kind of told us how you got started, but um, what is your, what is your passion as far as helping people? You, so you, you have this and you do all this stuff. And I like that everything you love doing fits into a package. Um, and it's kind of like the way I like to run, run my, my world. But you know, we look at you and, you know, how do you even approach people or how do they, how do they find you? How do they approach you? Yeah. Uh, you um, 
So in terms of how do people find me and approach me, um, I have one of those, I'm one of those sort of old school people that feels like I like to, I like people to know me, but I know that we live in a new age where obviously I want to affect, you know, if everyone in the world only came to me once or had one cycle with me, like, that'd be awesome. Right. But like, how do you reach someone in China? So I realized that even though I'm a handshake, look you in the eye kind of person, I have to do my best to try to give people a sense of who I am through my various social media platforms, my website, my writings. And so while I, you know, I don't, I don't really market, honestly, my services are word of mouth referral. Um, through the exposure that I get through various platforms like these wonderful podcasts and the, the different audiences that I connect with. And then I very strategically tap a handful of people every month um, and, and that I've been following or that I feel like, you know, I might be a good person to be of service to them. And I, you know, I put myself out there. And I think that in this day and age, there's a lot of the, oh, like, I want to be someplace where people just come to me and it's just like rolling in passive income. And it's like, that's awesome. And that's great. But I, and I think that there's also a place for that. But I also do think that, that there's something to be said, and maybe it's the hustler in me about going out there and getting it and going out there and having yourself be seen. Because just because someone doesn't come and reach out doesn't mean that you couldn't be a good fit. It could just mean they have a thousand other things and their their feed, you know, as they say, uh, you know, clog the feed. Their feed is clogged with a thousand other people just like you, or so it seems, that are offering them a free webinar or a this or a that. And so I think going the extra step and reaching out personally and saying, hey, you know, we're connected through LinkedIn or we follow each other or I love this thing that you wrote and would you be open to this? The worst thing they could say is no. How do you pick those people? Um, that's a great question. I <laughs> let me see how do I put this. I pick people that I feel and that I believe are hungry in the sense that they're out there getting it themselves. Like they already are exhibiting some form of like I'm out here doing it, you know, trying to do something, right? They are people that seem to have at least a moderately clear vision of what it is they're trying to do, okay? And that they've been working at it for a little while. Those are the three sort of basic things that I look for, you know? Someone that is, shows the energy that they're, they're committed to accomplishing whatever they're setting out. They have an idea of what that is, and they're, they've been doing it for some time. You know, it doesn't have to be five years but it isn't like their first month, you know? Um, and that's kind of like the basic. And then after that, it's a little bit of an intuition kind of thing. Mm -hmm. When did you learn to trust that intuition? Because that seems to be a big thing for people not doing. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I have to admit, I have a little bit of a unique circumstance because given the whole how I grew up with the the shamanic part being a part of my culture and my household, the intuition was always like you, I was trained. I was encouraged, um, which a lot of people are discouraged uh, growing up from trusting their intuition or trusting their gut. And so in many ways, I think 
that where people have to start, you know, for those of you out there who are like, Oh, that's easy. Great for you. But what am I, what am I going to do with that? You know, the first thing to do is to just start listening. There's an excellent book about intuition by a woman named Echo Bodine called a small still voice. And it's about just recognizing and remembering that you have an intuition that you have a Jiminy Cricket, you know, that is there, that is helping you. If you just give yourself permission to take it in and to sit with it, you know, and of course it's something that if you've completely disconnected from it, it's going to feel weird. And over time you're going to have to kind of deprogram your mind from being like, Oh, this is not scientific. Um, but you know, I think that the more you start to trust that it's just, it's phenomenal. It's like literally for any of you that ever played video games, it's like the cheat code. It's like back, back up a B and suddenly like everything is unlocked. If you really get to become best friends with your intuition. I, I haven't heard that book, but I'm going to look it up. Mine was uh, Shakti Gawain. Uh, I've got her book. So, which, which helps a lot. And I've just recently learned to really start trusting my intuition and it's, it's kind of freaky sometimes. <laughs> right. But anyway, so how would you, well, um, I actually want to delve a little bit into the shamanic background. Um, some of our folks may know what a shaman is. I mean, I've got like one friend that, that is a shaman that I'm aware of. Um, so give us a little bit more about that side of your, your world. Sure. Um, so to basically kind of to the working definition I use for a shaman is a person who has a cultural background in some type of medicinal or root work that has to do with an ancient or tribal culture. That's the, the definition that I like to use that is, I think, most accessible for people because different cultures call them different things, right? Some people say I'm a root worker. Some people say you're a medicine woman. Some people call you, you know, depending on where you are in the world, it may be a different curandero, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's different things to different cultures. Um, my ethnic background is Puerto Rican 100%, which means that I am native Carib, like Taino Indian, on actually two generations back. So my grandmother's father was a full-blooded Taino Indian. My grandmother's mother was a full-blooded African, descended from free slaves that had moved to Puerto Rico. And on my mother's side, I have Taino Indian and European. And that's pretty much every Puerto Rican. You know, Puerto Ricans can be any color. But because of the heavy Taino and African influence in my family, I grew up with what they know called Puerto Rico Santeria and Espiritismo, which is known as Santeria or spirit and spiritualism. For those of you who study like Alec Kardec, the French writer, it's about connecting with guides and intuition and the universe, blah, blah, blah. And Santeria is the Yoruba uh, West African religion that the slaves had to merge with Catholicism and then gave birth to these different religions in the Caribbean, Santeria, Candomblé, Obia, Palo, blah, 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 that is basically a hybrid of Catholicism and the Yoruba polytheistic uh, nature, pre predominant religion, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up exposed to all of that. I grew up going to Santeria ceremonies, 
Uh, my dad, my father is a musician for them, listening to the music. My grandmother used to like heal my migraines by like, you know, doing what I, I then used to call just like home remedies, but now I know are, you know, like little cures and stuff. She used mm-hmm. to lay hands on me. People used to come from the neighborhood from my paternal grandmother to lay hands on them. Right. And so I just at the time growing up I, and she was very Catholic by the time I was born, she would go to mass every Saturday. Mm-hmm. I mean, every Sunday, excuse me. And so I just thought it was a Puerto Rican thing. I was just like, oh, Puerto Ricans. I don't know. <laughs> um, it wasn't until I got more, you know, into the world <laughs> older that I realized all of the things that I just explained to the audience about the combination and the evo- evolution and all of that. And ever since a very young age, I myself had different gifts that I, again, just discounted or just took for granted, maybe, as being Puerto Rican. Like, I could see, I had clairvoyance, I had clairaudience, I had clairsentience, um, but I just thought that was regular. You know, I had premonition dreams, I just thought that was regular. Um, All that kind of thing. So, it wasn't until I got older that I realized while everyone can do those things, not everyone is attuned to utilize them in this lifetime or want to use them or are able to use them, even though everyone can. Um, And that's where I kind of started to take more ownership of that and utilize that to help people. Awesome. Do do you, you do in your practice per se, Mm-hmm. Do you do any any uh, laying out of hands practices or? Um, I do. I'm also a certified Reiki master, and part of what I did that was to give people a non-scary, uh, westernized point of departure, <laughs> so they can understand what I'm doing. And so, through the framework of Reiki and through um, another technique called full spectrum healing, mm-hmm. I'm able to, or what they call the hands of light technique. Um, there's a book written by Barbara Brennan. Um, through those two sort of more Western platforms, I'm able to explain what I do. And to kind of answer your question more directly, I do do laying on of hands, but I also do remote energetic healing as well. Um, So depending on what people need, um, I offer that for them. Cool. Excellent. Mm -hmm. I also train people to become Reiki masters. I have an online course that's $99 for them to become a Reiki master because I think more people should just know Reiki. Otherwise, if they go to try to learn, it's like 150 per first and second module and then like 350 for the master course. It's like, why? Yeah. I actually, um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a third, uh, you know, level three Reiki practitioner also. That's awesome. Most of mine has been distance healing. I don't do, I haven't done any hands-on. I seem to be uh, more effective on a distance, which is which is kind of wild when we first started mm-hmm. that. But that's a that's a whole that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, cool, Josh. Yeah. So one of the things that I'm really enjoying about this conversation is like when I go to your website, I'm like, holy cow, she does this, 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 and this, and you come on here and you recognize them as all kind of connected um, toward one path. And I really love that. How did you, how did you make that connection and, and how do you kind of keep adding stuff 
Yeah. How do you recognize that? Yeah. So I think, and I'm, and again, I think I feel very blessed in a sense um, that I feel like it's finally complete. Like, I don't think there's anything else I need to particularly add at this point. But when I first started, it was just spiritual advisement. That was the first part that became really clear because I became an ordained minister in 2009 um, when I first started feeling this, this calling around the divine connection and around connecting with my shamanism and wanting to use it in a way that was, again, you know, there's also a theme of sort of being accessible, like having the most amount of people not feeling like, ooh, that's not for me or what is that? Or, you know, like, is that not, you know, it's just a lot of trying to dispel a lot of the perhaps um, misinformation in a way that seems like, oh, okay, like she seems normal, you know, or like that seems regular, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the spiritual advisement was really the first path. And, and it took me between 2009 and really 2012 before I even opened myself up to publicly say like, Hey, I can talk to dead people if you want me to talk to your dead people. And like, I can talk to your guides if that will serve you. And, you know, I can also do some energy work if that's something that you need. Like it took all that time to me. Like I had to run myself through a few gamuts of tests because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just like a losing it, B some charlatan or C like, just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know, but I just wanted to make sure it was like actually the real deal. Um, and so, and that's why even now when I do readings for people, I'm very old school. If they're in front of me, I keep my eyes closed the entire time. I don't ask them any questions at all. Mm-hmm. Like, and if they have questions for me, I make them be very general, you know, because I, like, I, that's something that I'm very serious about. Um, but then I realized that, okay, spiritual advice is great, but the spectrum of people, like, if this is everyone, like, if it's like, you know, finger to finger with your arms outstretched, the spectrum of people that are already ready and open to the spiritual advisement or the energy, it's just like, from the middle of your finger to your elbow, which leaves out the whole rest of the arm span, which I want to, you know, affect. And then I, through talking to my spiritual advisor, she reminded me of like, hey, you're supposed to be coaching people. Like, what are you doing? Get your act together, you know? And I was like, you're right. That is right. And at that same time, I was already going through my yoga teacher training, having already completed the children and family certification. So making sure I could, I can teach ages three to 103. Um, and so the way the universe had it, I did both trainings at the exact same time. And even though that was quite, um, quite an experience, um, it, I loved it because like I said, at the beginning of this whole thing, I love learning. I love being a student. So it was kind of my wheelhouse a little bit. Um, and when I completed those from the minute I took my first coaching client who has actually, she's been with me for two years and not because she hasn't accomplished things, but because she's the one that moved and got married. And now she's moving again to Chile and her soon to be husband is an attache. Like they're just, she's like taking over the world. Um, from the minute I had my first coaching client and the minute I did my first yoga class, I was like, that's it. These are the other two pieces of the puzzle. Like my puzzle is now complete because I can do everything within these three, within these three boxes, I can do everything. You mentioned earlier that you're, you're uh, doing a gratitude practice as you head toward your birthday. Uh, 
you mind talking about that a little bit? Sure, absolutely. Um, so the gratitude practice I'm doing is just 30 days to 34. This is something I just came up with. I mean, you see a lot of people doing it. I've seen people do the 365 days of gratitude and I've, mm-hmm. or 100 days of gratitude, and I've always really admired them for doing it. And, you know, I was like, oh, second, I said, oh, I'm going to do it sometime. And then I was like, you know what? Oh, well, do it now. And I think, and I'm just going to be honest with the audience. Like I said, I practice what I preach. And um, I am someone that for many years, especially growing up, I have post-traumatic stress from things I experienced as a child. um, And I deal with anxiety. And I've been working a lot with Buddhist tenants. Not, I'm not saying I'm a Buddhist, but I've been studying a lot of the Buddhist uh, methodology and thought practice. And it lines up very perfectly with the yoga philosophy. And it's been bringing me a lot of peace of mind. And, I, and part of what Buddhists share is that there's three jewels of Buddhism. There's the Buddhas, the Dharma, and... Um, the Buddha is the Dharma and something else. And part of the Dharma is sharing it with other people. Not like being like, you should be a Buddhist and you should study Buddhism, but like, hey, like, it's about being grateful. It's about peace. It's about whatever. So I thought it would be a good way for me to share the Dharma, but also live the Dharma to share a 30-day gratitude practice. And so on my Instagram stories every day, I'm posting a photo um, with something that I'm grateful for. And a little message about it. Um, And I'm trying to cross it over to my Facebook. I'm not doing as good a job posting it on my Facebook. But it is on my Instagram every day. Today is day 10. And it just snowed in Georgia. And everything is closed. Um, And it didn't snow like crazy. But there's literally, you live in Savannah. So you know, Josh, that there are... There are literally three salt trucks in the state of Georgia. <laughs> and, and so school is closed. My stepdaughter's home from school. And, you know, the reason why I chose the weather is, and if you guys see my story today, it says, you know, today I'm grateful for the weather. Normally we think of it as an inconvenience, but it can be an opportunity for us to appreciate the little things, right? So while I was like, dang, my stepdaughter's going to be home. I got to figure out where I'm going to do this podcast because I normally do it in her room because the dogs aren't there. And, oh, my, you know, my partner's home. He's sleeping in because all construction is halted and blah, 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 blah. I was like, you know what? Let's just be grateful. Everything has slowed down. I have one more day I could work. I can get some stuff done. I could enjoy their company. I love the snow, even though I don't love living in the snow. I get to, you know, my, one of my dogs is a half German shepherd, half husky. So she is just like in, you know, she's so happy getting to watch her play in the snow. You know, these little things that otherwise we may be like right over the head as you put your head down and keep working. But it's like, you know, why not take a moment, be grateful, appreciate it and like share it with other people because maybe someone else is having a terrible day. And seeing that changes their perspective a little bit. And that's, the, that's you know, sharing the Dharma. And how are you finding the gratitude for yourself? Um, I'm enjoying it, you know, a lot because, you know, it, it's another way that I could help people get to know me. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I think as an entrepreneur with your social media, it's sometimes it's like over, you overthink it. It's like, oh, you know, I got to like let people know me, but not too much, but like share stuff. But like, I, I want to keep some things private, but you know, da, 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 da. whereas like, I feel like in this gratitude practice, it's like, I'm just really just 
being 100% authentic, you know, as I try to be as much as possible, you know, right. And just letting them into something that's very personal to me, you know, these 30 days leading up to my 31st birthday, you know, helping the, using these gratitudes to help me not be anxious to establish more peace of mind and to just be a happier person. Hmm. Is there anything you haven't done? Sure. <laughs> There's, tons. There's tons of things I haven't done. There's so many things I haven't done, which is why I keep, like, you know, I was just telling someone yesterday because I got the incredible, like, humbling honor to have been asked to be a part of the yoga teacher training mentorship faculty at the studio where I did my yoga teacher training, which for a yoga teacher is like a big honor. And so I told, I was telling someone the other day that, you know, the most important thing that I'm carrying with me into this new opportunity, this experience, is that I'm always going to be a student, to never forget that I'm always a student. And, you know, to your point of like, are there things that I haven't done? Sure. There's still so much I have to learn. So by that virtue alone, there's tons of things I haven't done and even more things I have yet to experience. Where do you get all this energy? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if you've seen my parents, you would you would be like, whoa. My dad is a, and I'm not going to say too much about him because he hates when I talk about him in public. He's a very <laughs> private guy. But he's 63. He just had a replacement hip. But when he, he three days after his surgery, he was already walking around. And to give you perspective, since his replacement, which was in like July, he's already gone back to kickboxing, gone back to Krav Maga, done a scuba dive with sharks, um, traveled to Cambodia, and has taken up uh, Wing Chun and some other things. And he drives a motorcycle. Like he's a guy who taught himself IT in his 40s. So like... You know, I get it from them for sure, <laughs> for sure. Um, I've often been told I need to relax more, which is why I do, do yoga. <laughs> when, you, when you put all that into a vitamin, would you call me? It's just <laughs> a bottle, tell me how much it is, and, you know, I'll, I'll take out a loan and do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> if only I could synthesize it. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He is, he is a force um, to be reckoned with, I'll tell you for sure, so... Excellent. I definitely get it from from them. Wow. So when you when you uh you want to come on the podcast, what is the result? What did you want the world to know from our interviewing you? What is the message you've really got for you know, humanity? Yeah. Well, well my message for humanity is is that's that's one thing. But my message for your audience, let's start there. My message for your audience was that, you know, you know, I, there is a person out there that can be a resource to you whose sole focus and their life's work is dedicated to helping you achieve the success you desire. Not only uh, achieve it, but define it for yourself and make it an organic sustainable process to get there as opposed to working towards the success that's projected on you never really being present to enjoy it 
and then looking back like, oh, that was okay, but I really wish I was a fisherman instead for the last 25 years. Um, and that your body, your mind is your biggest asset. So whether you connect with it through sport, through meditation, through yoga, through prayer, through walking, you need to connect with it because it's your biggest asset. It's your biggest asset and it's your biggest ally as you move through this. That's my message for your audience. So if any of that resonated with them, if they're interested in exploring that or they feel ready for transformation in that regard, you know where to find me. Call me. Um, my message for humanity is if we simply take time to step back, slow down, and lend a hand to one another, remembering how much more beauty there is than ugliness, we'd all be so much better off and the world would be so much more of a peaceful, calm, content place. So I'm just doing my little part to live that. Well said. I just, I just like eased on down into the to the cloud. I'm like, oh, good. <clears throat> that is excellent. You are a very. I mean, we we have great guests on here anyway. You are a very uh, invigorating, energizing force. Um, I'm 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 glad you're here. Uh, wow. Josh, ask her something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask if you had anything else to ask, because at this point, I was going to ask where, how people can connect with you, but but I'm sensing we're we're going to try to extend our stay. <laughs> oh, is that, is that what that if is? If you had a... Like, it's like, yeah, well, I mean, what else is there to say? But <laughs> you can... Like, okay, so now that we've heard your message, else, yeah. now that we've heard your message for both our audience and humanity. Do you have a challenge you can pose to everybody? Ooh. Out there? Yeah, that's a, you know what? I will pose the cha- the same challenge that I have undertaken. I will pose to humanity. I challenge you to take 30 days and acknowledge one thing each day that you're grateful for as small or as big and share it with someone. If you're not a social media person, just tell a friend, like, hey, today I'm grateful for this, or write it down. You know, like, you don't have to broadcast it. If you're like, listen, lady, I'm not getting on the internet, that's fine. But if you are a social media person, use your platform for something bigger than you. Take that 30 days, put it on your Insta story. If you're a Snapchat person and you're snapping videos anyway, put it on your Snapchat. LinkedIn, maybe, at the end of your 30 days, write an article about it. You know, if you're like, that's not professional, you know, write an article about it. How gratitude helped made you a better employee or a better boss. Um, there's a ton of different ways to have this practice and then share it with someone. All right. How should people connect with you? How, how would you like, where do you hang out the most online? Sure. Well, I'm always on my website, awilderivera.com, and I'm sure there'll probably be a link in the show notes, but it's A-W-I-L-D-A-R-I-V-E-R-A.com. Um, I'm on Instagram at Ms. M-S dot Rivera, LinkedIn, Awilda and Rivera, Facebook, 
a world Rivera coach, yogi, spiritual advisor. Oh, and one place that if you like want to hang out, you want to, let's say you're like dipping your toe into the world of like, you know, thinking this way or changing your thinking. Um, I have a free Facebook group called the Success Suite, S-U-I-T-E, where I post a Monday motivation and different articles occasionally. And sometimes I have a little poll or I'll post a little tip. Um, And it's just a place that's like no pressure, but it's a place where you can hang out with other people. Maybe you have a challenge you're experiencing you want to share. Uh, Maybe you want to just kind of see what I'm about more without committing to anything. You could do that. I have a mailing list you could sign up for. I send out stuff on there, you know, at least once a month. Reach out. I'm happy to connect. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. This is this is a lot of fun. Um, anything else that you wish we had gotten to that we didn't ask you? No, I mean, this was a great experience. I had just such a great time talking to you guys, and I hope that if there's ever a reason you could see fit to having me back, you guys don't hesitate to call. All right. Sounds great. Maybe maybe what we'll do is <clears throat> hang, go out to one of your retreats. That'd be we wonderful. Can have a, uh, we can have a podcast from the retreat. That'd be okay, amazing. We got, we got a plan coming up, right? There we go. All right. Okay. Make it someplace good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I have Columbia coming up in October if you guys want to come. <laughs> oh, in October, I don't know. We have a, we have a recital for Josh to, uh, to uh, 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 what is that term? We're going well, Kelvin, to Kelvin fulfill a challenge we had for the new year. Yeah. We, um, we made resolutions for each other this year, and Kelvin's resolution for me was that I was going to get back into music. So he said he'd come down here if I would pull the guitar out and play in front of people. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. And he's got a big birthday coming up in October. So. so oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome, you guys. Well, I'm not too far of a drive. Maybe no, I'll make an not. appearance. All right. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. Hey, you know, we could podcast a whole recital thing. Hey, <laughs> this is shaping up to be big. We may Josh have... is like, I don't know if I like this. Let's end this episode. <laughs> like, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's start working on covers so that can't afford the yeah, right we got we got time i mean we got we got we got a shaman in the corner now uh, <laughs> so we're gonna click in with his intuition and grab it yeah in face. But at the very least calvin when you when you come visit we'll um if if you're not in columbia um at that time then then we'll you know have to make the trip it's only a four-hour drive from here to there that that that's doable yeah because I, totally. I don't i don't plan to be in a hurry when i when i come back so yeah it'd um, be wonderful if these faces show up in the back of your yoga class and <laughs> oh my god that would be yeah. awesome i'd love that That'd be thank awesome. you so much guys it's been awesome today right. you have an awesome right, day you. hey well that was pretty awesome huh that, yeah that was that was pretty sweet Hey, thanks for listening. Show notes and more at jkwdpodcast.com.